Welcome back to the Bushnell Project. And I forgot my three, two, one. Anyway, it's good to be back. I'm doing doing a little bit of a life update. And we're gonna kick it off with Exodus. So we've just finished Genesis. Back when I was doing a podcast, I just took two weeks off to go and help out in family matters as my parents are aging and really needed my assistance. So was blessed to be able to do that. And now I'm back for a short season before I probably have to go back again. But anyways, here we are in Exodus chapter 1, verse 1. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Ishkar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All the descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. Joseph was already in Egypt. Then Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied, grew exceedingly strong, so that the land was filled with them. And we'll stop there at the end of verse 7. And I want to talk today a little bit about the circle of life. We know that those of you who know the Bible or know anything about the Bible and Exodus, you know about the story of Moses and how the Egyptians are going to enslave the Israelites and how God is going to use Moses to as an instrument. Really, it's God who rescues the Israelites and brings them out of Egypt. And so that's the story we're going to read about here in Exodus. But I want to talk about life and family and current events. There are a lot of crazy things happening all around the world. There has been and always will be bad things happening in the world until Jesus comes back and he will make all things new. And there will be a separating of those who are his and those who are not. And those who are not his will be judged. And those who are his will not be judged. They will be forgiven and given an inheritance that we do not deserve. But we're going to get that inheritance because God is faithful, because Jesus is faithful. And that's a part of what really the Bible is all about, telling his story. And then touching on the circle of life and things in Ukraine, I, I have been to Ukraine numerous, numerous times and lived for a month in Kiev and down by the sea, did a children's camp with my oldest daughter and some others. I've traveled the eastern side of the of the country, the western side of the country, the north as well, speaking mostly to university students and getting to really know them. And it is tragic anytime war hits a country. And here we are in modern the modern day and we have war again in Europe, something maybe many thought would never happen. But it's happening. And it's a very odd thing that's happening is, is the wealth in our world gets greater and greater, but ends up being in the hands of fewer and fewer lately, that we have some of this oddness. And it does make many ponder who are willing to think and think through these things. And what are we being told what are we being told that is true? What are we being told because someone else believes it, but maybe it's not actually true? Whether it's about 
Putin or about this guy in Ukraine or about our own politicians. What is truth, right? Here's what I, I know to be true. I know that God is true. I know that God is the only, he is the one true and living God. And in our God, we have three persons and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Son, and who made all things, including you and I, did come into this place and he bled and died for our sins and he is coming back. But he is not on vacation. God is active. And he's not active in answering people's prayers when all of a sudden they want to go from wanting a Santa Claus to needing their life saved. He is about exacting his will. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the prayer Jesus taught his disciples. The one thing that disciples ask is Jesus teaches us to pray. And so he does with what we call the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer. And in it, we pray, thy will be done. And that is what God is, is doing. Now, it is not the will of God for all of this devastation. This devastation is, is the consequences of our sin, of our brokenness. And so in this broken world that we now live in because of sin, because of Adam and Eve, that we have death and hence the circle of life. And so some have died and more will die. Many more will die because of war. Many will die because of starvation. Many will die because of famine, of, I'm sorry, of disease around the world. There are still people dying all around our world of things that we can prevent. But our resources are limited because, well, because we're not about saving all 8 billion people were about making our lives comfortable and maybe helping the ones next door or the ones in our family. And that's just the reality of life. And, and so as we go through different seasons of life, for me, it's looking at my parents aging rather quickly, dealing with one of them. One day is being in one mindset the next day, being maybe seeming like I'm dealing with a totally different person. And that is a part of the consequences of a broken world. And one day Jesus will make all these things new again. He will right the wrongs. He will bring perfect justice. And we all know that we do not have all the wrongs being righted. We do not have perfect justice, but our God is about justice. Our God is about making all things perfect again, and he will. But for now, what matters are the few things that we can do that he made really clear we ought to do. For instance, we ought to not have sex before marriage. Pretty simple thing to say and do. We ought to not try and confuse genders that there are male and female, and there are super rare occasions of some oddities. But apart from that, there are two genders. And there's enough confusion in the world. Why would we want to confuse, especially the children, the young, young children? Not sure. Well, actually, I do know why. Some would want that. But that's not a healthy thing. And then when we have marriage, that we ought to fight for it. I've been married 38 years, and there are good days and there are bad days. But there is never a day where I regret that I'm still married. And 
so grateful for my wife and so grateful for the God that created marriage. And because he created it, I can trust in marriage. I don't trust in marriage because of others. I don't trust in marriage even because of myself or my wife. I trust in marriage because God created it. And that's, we get that. I get that from the Bible. I get that from getting to know God from a relationship with a God, not a religion. And in this relationship with this God, by reading his word and looking at the importance that he places on this thing he created, family, marriage, husband and wife, man and woman, that we are equals, that we are made in his image, that we can press on, even in the worst of times. And when you think about some of the biggest heroes in all of history, whether they're in the Bible or not, what makes them a hero, what makes them great is a really difficult situation or really difficult times. And so, you know, as things move on in our world, we, we have new heroes sometimes, almost on a weekly basis. And then we have new villains as often, right? And so right now we have a depending on who you listen to, right? A big villain in Putin. And we have this new hero in, and I can't, his name is like on the tip of my tongue, Solinsky, right? And so Solinsky's the new hero. Putin's the new evil man, bad guy, right? Well, if you're paying attention to world politics and especially to the old Iron Curtain and in particular to Russian-Ukrainian politics of the last 20 years, you know there are no real heroes in Ukraine. But here's the reality. is Sometimes, well, I shouldn't say heroes. I should say good people. But sometimes in hard and difficult times, people who are maybe even in one sense bad rise to the occasion and they redeem themselves in the moment. Maybe that's what's happening in Ukraine. A lot of people are rising to the occasion to redeem themselves. But even in that, even in our best works, the Bible tells us that even our best works are filthy rags. We are still broken human beings in the sight of a holy and just and right God. And so when we look at Exodus and we wonder why did God allow his people to be put in the slavery and all of this for 400 years, not four years. Like let's say COVID goes on for a little bit while of all this craziness, right? I think it's wrapping up. I think it's over, but you know, two and a half years seemed like a long, long, long time. And for the children of Israel, it's 40, not 40, but 400 years, 400 years that they were in slavery. That's a, that's a long time. And it was being made harder and harder. And then when they plead for God to rescue them, a baby is born. And it would be another 80 years before this baby would snap out of it and and see the burning bush and <clears throat> come to his senses and go do what God's asked him to do. But the thing is, we, we want things fixed in a TV show or a movie instead of really being on God's timing. So I want to encourage us Keep reading God's word. Be people of prayer. I've got friends that have recently gotten out of Ukraine. I've got some friends, a couple, especially a couple of translators, like a, a friend of mine, Bodan. Um, and then there's a few others. And 
they're right there. They're right there in the middle of all of it. Sometimes giving me reports that our media never reports, doesn't know about, or doesn't want us to know about. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm hearing from people on the ground. And it's horrific and it's spectacular at the same time. It's spectacular of the evil of man and yet the bravery of some, the goodness of people with almost nothing and what they're doing to help one another. Think about the goodness of the people on the borders, like the people in Poland, and they're just opening them up, opening up to help these people fleeing the war. And so in the worst of times, we have a tendency to see the best of some people. People really rise. And when it comes to being the children of God, we should always be looking for the opportunities to rise above ourselves and to be the hands and feet of God, to be his voice, to proclaim his gospel, to be light and to be salt. And anytime we do that, it's because we're rising above ourselves. And when we wait to totally make ourselves perfect to be salt and light, we, we actually mess it up. It's just stepping out and being salt and light when you know it's the right thing to do, even though you know you are a fall, a failed instrument. You are a flawed person. You are a filthy rag. Yet we step out and do what God's called us to do, to do what's right against wrong, to stand up against evil, to be righteousness in the midst of an unrighteous generation. So I want to encourage you guys to keep pressing on. And and I hope to be back on a daily basis doing the podcast. God bless you guys. Have a great day.